It's only taken this many episodes, 14 episodes for me to finally clap on time. I'm really yeah, proud. Dan- Daniel's a bad clapper. <laughs> it's a skill that you have to practice. You have to develop. It takes years of training to become a proper clapper. Yeah. I went to the Juilliard School <laughs> of Clapping. Uh, of clapping, yes. It's very, very <laughs> prestigious. I just took a five-hour seminar on applause. Oh. I, seemed to, I seemed to get by. I did a couple of hours at uh, community college on just raucous booing, and that has not done me any good. It it does well in the right venues. Yeah, but not for podcasting, oddly enough. Uh, oh, no, no. I don't boo a lot. Good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Double Issue. This is your host, Quentin Bongratz, and I'm joined with the co-host, Daniel Poole. And this week we have a guest. What? Hi, I'm a guest. (laughs) You want to introduce yourself then? Hi, my name is Matt Ryan. How are you? I'm good. That's that's great. It's great news. I'm glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have people that aren't my roommate guesting (laughs) on the podcast. (laughs) It's a big moment for us. I mean, yeah. I, I'm. I mean, I'm not looking for a place, but I mean, if you've got room, <laughs> a couch, even, I'm fine. I'm there. I can vouch for the couch. It's pretty comfy. Oh, nice, nice. I, I'm, I'm into a big comfy couch. It's my thing right now. Also, back <laughs> episodes of the big comfy couch. Both of those are in my wheelhouse. <laughs> this is a show where we tell superhero stories set in a superhero universe of our own making, and this is one of the world building episodes. And we're going to tackle the concept or the character of the amazing Richard. And I guess I can get you and new listeners up to speed on the amazing Richard. He is a villain who just recently in the universe turned himself into a robot so he could live forever and, you know, be more durable. But before he was just up to large villainous plans i think he turned a whole city into zombies because he was searching for that immortality and thought maybe if i start sucking the souls out of people that could help it just turned a city into zombies he also shrunk a city down into a snow globe oh yeah i forgot about that one yeah so generic villain things yeah like is he magic or technology technology okay so they were magic zombies or technology zombies right yeah yeah and i didn't have them be biological contagion zombies they're more it sucks out people's essences and then people become like this weird animal thing and they're trying to get an essence and start you know doing that the only way they know how is trying to eat people that make that's logical yeah yeah that's how essences work (laughs) (laughs) i took a few science courses and I I did the math, and I think that's right. Yeah, that, make, that, that that tracks, that tracks. So he made zombies, he shrunk a city, and then he made himself a robot. Yeah, and coincidentally, he's sort of Thanos-colored and <laughs> okay. large and intimidating, but that wasn't my intention going in, but he is sort of this purplish-bluish color. He's maybe alien, maybe alternate universe something or other, maybe experiment gone wrong. I kept the origins vague because that seemed appropriate. Sure. But his name's Richard, right? Yeah, the Amazing Richard. The Amazing Richard. Yeah. But I mean, 
Richard doesn't really sound alien to me. Yeah. Unless, I mean, I, I suppose it could be, but it sounds more like he's from Jersey. Yeah. People call him the terrible dick, though. There it is. I was I was gonna get to <laughs> get to dick jokes as soon as I could. I had it written down on my notepad. It's okay. We've already been there. Fantastic. <laughs> and before we lose the moment, I do want to say that isn't Jersey basically an alien world? I mean, depends. Yeah, depends on what side of the river you're on. It's pretty bad. <laughs> There's lots of haze and factories, xenomorphs. It's horrible. <laughs> Pleasant Beach lived up to the name. Yeah, I did get lost on my way back to Philadelphia going through Jersey one time. And looked around, I was like, am I in, like, a Kurt Russell movie? What happened? <laughs> I kind of like the idea of just keeping his origins mysterious, so we don't even have to go into that. But I'm also okay going into it. <laughs> I think at the very least I would want to know how he got the name The Amazing Richard. Yeah. Because that, that seems less super villainous and more stage magician. It does. And so I'm wondering, like, was he a stage magician at one point? Who was like, I want to be immortal. I don't I don't know how Amazing Richard sort of dovetails into Immortal Robots City Shrinker. Yeah. If he's like a stage magician that just couldn't get off the ground. Well, if if we go being immortal, but if he started out wanting to be immortalized. Okay, like, so he want he wanted he wanted to Yeah, his name to live forever. Yeah. And then eventually he wants to just live live forever. And I wonder if there's some terrible accident in between the two. What kind of terrible accident would a stage magician get into that doesn't involve, I guess, getting sawn in half or something? He disappeared instead of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> he reached into the hat and the hat pulled him in. And then he was in the hat first. Yeah, what if, what if it is some like dimension loophole he falls into and there's some switch up? Maybe it's not even the same guy. So there's a magician named the Amazing Richard who gets pulled into the hat dimension and then out comes this blue alien scientist and everyone just keeps calling him the Amazing Richard. Yeah, there's some cosmic mix up. Like his name is not the Amazing Richard, but he doesn't correct anybody. Yeah, he just comes out of this hat. <laughs> I love it. So it's not even related to the mag magician concept, but here he is. <laughs> His name is the sound that the color purple makes when it travels through the air, you know. That makes sense, yeah. So somewhere <laughs> out there, there's a guy with, like, a sleeve full of doves who is on some sort of alternate universe alien science ship. That and is, he's, that he's is really good. Himself. Yes. Yeah. Now, that does tie into, sometimes on the show we have things that are, like, meta points. If this was, like, a real comics series. So maybe the original character from, like, the 30s was a stage magician that was evil. And this is like the revamped 1980s version. Okay, oh. that got popular. Okay, so he was like some some kind of terrible, like maybe Silver Age Flash villain is what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. some very corny one. And there's yeah. a writer that's like, I'm gonna bring this back, and it looks like he's gonna bring back the full camp, and then out steps this new alien guy, this alien science tyrant who is making zombie robots. Yeah, that just starts annihilating people. Like, yeah, I'm dark. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea that somewhere out there, there still is a stage magician oh, just no, traveling through the universe. Oh, yeah, he's, he's out Hope there. Hope it comes back. <laughs> someone is going to encounter the real Amazing Richard. Maybe he turns Hero out in space, and okay. eventually, far in the future, the Amazing Richard uh, magician makes his way back to Earth and has a showdown with this new Amazing Richard. That's, that's, that sounds like a mid-90s extreme crossover. 
<laughs> where he, the the Mr. Magician has come back and he's got like pouches, he's got like just technological arms and guns coming out of him, but all of them are like doing cool magic tricks, like he's pulling rabbits out of the pouches. Yeah, he's blended <laughs> magic and technology in a way no one has ever seen. <laughs> a swarm of doves, handkerchiefs that never end. Cyber doves. Yes, cyber doves. <laughs> With the, like, one red eye yes. uh, metal plate on the top. <laughs> that, that that small dove has one cybernetic metallic pectoral muscle, <laughs> and I don't know what's happening. Cool. Well, this does remind me, we do have a magic hat-based hero as well, who has a hat verse. Mm. Which is uh, Klepsimia, is how you say her name? Right? Yeah, Klep- or Klepsimia. So we do have a built-in possible relationship there already. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, like, what is the nature of the hat first? I'm, I know this is off topic, maybe, but <laughs> like, is is it an alternate universe? Is it a? Yeah, she goes into the hat, and she has a bunch of hourglasses that she can flip over to give her various powers as long as the sand is running through them. Okay. And I haven't explored it yet, but there's also going to be, it, it's like a small room where she can also change into a costume too and whatever, but. Eventually, this room runs out of sand, and it's actually a whole desert of power sand. And it can be whatever weirdness beyond that, but we haven't really delved deep into it. So each hat is like a portal into a different portion of this weird alternate reality. that could be. I dig it. It could definitely relate into her powers. I mean, perhaps it's the same hat. Yeah. Because the hat was kind of left over after new richard comes through new richard's like i don't need this anymore and throws it away so the new the new richard what's his deal like he just wants immortality is that his goal well i think he's for a time achieved that i think maybe that was his most recent goal at least at the time i did not think beyond generic villain motivations of you know destroying things and power but he is one of the bigger i think one of the bigger players in this universe villain wise so is he like a conqueror or is he like, when I think scientist, I think like someone who was just doing experiments for the sake of experiments, like high evolutionary or sinister or something. Yeah, maybe that's his, his goal is just to see what happens when I unleash this. That makes him so chaotic and I kind of yeah, like it. Any plan he's been evolved with would just be an evolution of some experiment of his and not necessarily a means to an end. And perhaps the immortality robot thing was just... I want to keep experimenting forever. Forever, yeah. This is the next logical step is figure this out. And once I've done that, I could just keep going back doing experiments. Yeah, I like that. It's a pretty good gimmick. Yeah, I mean, he just... It makes him... I mean, he's villainous by virtue of his deeds and not necessarily his endgame, which is just to do stuff for the sake of doing it. He's a force of nature almost in that way. Yeah, and the kind of disregard for the Earth and all of its inhabitants... Sure. So, do we want to pick up a couple plots, maybe? Different experiments he's done and set those in? I mean, so he's a he's a big... Is he, a, like, he fights everybody? Or is he... Does he have an arch enemy? Like, what's his... I guess... Who, who deals with this guy normally? Because, like, when he shows up to do an experiment, I mean, I feel like the story is going to come out of the idea of, like, who's going to be able to stop whatever this is, right? Yeah. So I wonder if he's more everyone's problem when he shows up so maybe he's just uh our big superhero team is named aegis okay. maybe it's he's just a general adversary for aegis and occasionally other random heroes if the situation calls for and it's kind of built in there 
that he could be Bell Squadron's like one of their main enemies too. If he has beef with other magicians, like I, I, like maybe they are after him because they think he's the old magician, amazing uh, Richard, but he's not. He's this new alien scientist tyrant, cyan tyrant. <laughs> well, there could be that like crossover of maybe Richard kept the magician's hat as part of his collection of whatever's scientifical oddities. And at some point, the spell squadron gets a hold of it, and then it gets into the hands of Klepsomia. Okay. All right. I like that. Because I talked about how he had a small city that he shrunk down, I guess, as an experiment. Okay. The experiment happened. He shrunk it down, and uh, everyone died from the air. Oh, God. Yeah, like the air molecules were too big. That that works out. So then maybe another experiment would be he would make a, a small town grow to extremely large size. <laughs> and you've got just farmland covering the entire country and people are giants and having to till their farms. Oh, that's I don't know how this is a villainous plan that must be stopped, but it just seems like the logical thing to do. He just wants to see how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe that one works out like to where no one really dies this time. <laughs> but you you've just got, you know, a city in Oklahoma full of giant farmers. Well, how how giant? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming gosh, it, 15, 20 feet tall people, you know, who are out okay, there. Okay, that's, that's more reasonable than my original thing of a small <laughs> town, like, covering America and people are just standing in space. But that was just <laughs> just my the original imagery that flowed through my head when you said that. But I think that's what I was going for <laughs> at first, but that makes no sense. And, like, the, the I guess it would just push the entire mass of the United States. Like, maybe the heroes don't solve that. And you've just got the entire state of Oklahoma has been transformed into a land of giants. And, like, some of them are just, they're rude. They're horrible. And some of them are fine, and they want to just grow their pumpkins. And then some of them, maybe maybe you eventually get a giant farmer who becomes a, who joins the super team. And he's a heroic giant farmer, and that's his whole deal. And it's all thanks to the amazing Richard. I kind of like that. I really like the idea of a random large bull or pig running amok. Yes. And they think it's yes. just a normal giant animal attack. I think the real problem will be, you know, massive ducks walking through downtown <laughs> Little Rock. Oh, yeah. And and just, I don't, I was going to say ducking things up, but I'm trying to keep things professional here. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that's a problem. And I don't know if that's a superhero problem. I feel like, do I call Batman if there's a bunch of ducks everywhere that are a story <laughs> tall? That's really weird. Who do I call? Who do I call for giant ducks? Maybe not a whole state. <laughs> okay. But I do like the idea of a town gone gone large. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's <laughs> full of Amish folk. The giant Amish. The giant Amish, which that's a superhero right there. That's who was, who was born <laughs> from this experiment. So, yeah, I like the idea of that one. It does not being solved. I mean, it kind of seems like Amazing Richard is pretty good at his job end of the day. He doesn't. Like, he successfully made himself into a robot. He successfully shrank the city. He successfully expanded this other one. Like, the zombie thing doesn't seem to have worked out too well, but, like, yeah. uh, like I mean, if he had normal villainous goals, that definitely worked out. Yeah, for sure. But as far as his experiment failed. But it definitely did wreak havoc on that city. And I'm sure he learned a lot, and that's really all that matters to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I also forgot... When he did the robot experiment to transfer his essence or whatever, he thought it failed for a second, and then the robot came out, and then there were two of them. 
and then the robot version of him killed the flesh version of him. Okay. And was like, yeah, I'm not going to work well with myself. There can only be one of us. I'm the better one. You know this has to happen. And was like the flesh one cool with it? He was a little bit not cool and accepting it at the same time. So really he didn't develop a way of transporting essences as much as much as cloning them yeah i think that might be the implication so he can clone your soul into a robot or into anything right couldn't he potentially just yeah possibly put you in put you in a giant duck i don't know why i'm stuck on the giant ducks (laughs) okay so one of the giant ducks from the giant city he gets a hold of one of those and which hero do we want to put in a giant duck for a bit thank you there it is Oh, man. Well, and, it doesn't put him in a duck, though, right? It just makes the oh, duck yeah. him. Oh, yeah. It makes another him. duck him. Okay. And so then you've got a sort of League of Animal Heroes, I guess, but I think you have that. <laughs> what if they team up? Okay. So okay. then it's me and duck me fighting crime together. This is wonderful. <laughs> so wait, so... Okay, you've got like your Aegis is like your your main Justice League heroes, right? Yeah, they're they're all the the, the big guns. Yeah. So the experiment is make versions of them that are in animals. Like maybe you know one's a one's a gorilla. It doesn't have to be the giant animals from Oklahoma. And he just takes takes their essences, puts them in zoo animals, and then they team up with the other okay. animal team. Yeah. Animal Aegis. There's probably a good name for this. Yeah. Come with like Animagist, but that's not quite right. No, it's not there. I do appreciate that this makes an open door for our Howard the Duck equivalent. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's the important part here. I mean, maybe he just takes a a small town in Idaho and just transports everybody into animals in the zoo. And now they've got to live with their their animal selves. I just like him permanently modifying America. Is that weird? No. Like, yeah, he's just completely destroying the landscape. But not even destroying it. Just changing it in really weird and stupid ways. So this episode is less about the Amazing Richard and more about the ways he's transformed different places that create new heroes that will eventually fight him. Yeah, hoisted <laughs> by his own petard, essentially. He's he's just a walking origin uh, <laughs> maker. Which is kind of great. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good thing to have around, honestly. Yeah, let's come up with some other experiment. What are some, like, super science things? There's, like, different freeze rays, time manipulation stuff. Doomsday laser seems a bit uncharacteristic for him. Like yeah, he's not really he's not really out to doomsday things. The experiment is can I destroy the world? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably pretty easy. It seems like he's yeah. pretty good at his job. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just see him poking things with, for the purpose of poking them. He's just he he's almost benign in like his end game because he yeah. just wants to see stuff happen. And so I imagine a lot of his experiments are super just dumb. But they have really <laughs> horrifying repercussions. Yeah, I mean, maybe he didn't get the make a giant city right away, and there's a a place where different parts of them grew at different rates and did not turn out so well. Right, or he's just like maybe he took he took it like a city and turned everybody into some material of some sort, 
Now everybody is is wood or velour. <laughs> or everybody exists on a, on the second dimension. It's an entire city of flat people. Oh, that's a good one. Or why doesn't he make an entire, like, just a, a city block immortal? Mm. He just immortalizes a bunch of people. And what does that do to you? If you if you become immortal, how does that affect your mindset? Like, are you suddenly going to go out and start doing extreme stunts all the time? Are you going to... Does that make you evil because now you don't have any morals? Has he ruined an entire apartment building full of people by turning them into immortal robots? That That would be an interesting... Some of them would go hero, some of them would go extreme sports, some of them would go villain. <laughs> which, are, which are your three options in life? Yeah. <laughs> hero, hero, villain, and X Games. So we've got a league of extreme skaters. That right there, that's I, 50 issues. Yeah. No doubt. Like, <laughs> Maybe they can solve crime while they're doing it, but... But mostly they, they don't care about crime, mostly yeah, they care about the thrill. <laughs> Yeah, they're mainly about the luge. Trying to get all that six-gate footy. <laughs> okay, Joe, I'll spoil this for you. I bet in the next 30 seconds we'll start out with something funny, talk about our podcast, and then tell everyone where they can find it. Yeah, Vanessa, that's an easy one. And then you'll try to argue with me, and it'll be cute and show off our quippy chemistry. Like we're doing right now. On Spoilers Digest, we take a stab at guessing the plots of the movies that everyone else on the planet has seen but us. Then we watch the movie and digest it and compare it to see how we did. Sometimes we're right. Usually we're wrong. Join us every Wednesday as we catch up with the rest of society. Have you seen Brokeback Mountain? No. Me neither. That's the one about the chiropractor, right? (laughs) Probably. So come laugh with us. Check out SpoilersDigest.com, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I guess Fighting E just seems pretty amorphous, like his main stable. Maybe there's a few other heroes we can cross them over with and see maybe what their interactions would yield. Like them fighting Spell Squadron, I think we got a good result of they can come up with the hat eventually. Battle for the hat. Yeah. Hats off. (laughs) There is the League of Elemental Animals. Maybe he does the animal thing and the League is not too happy. (laughs) That's our shtick. So they don't want to stop him because he's doing horrible things to people. I mean, that's they want to stop him for copyright infringement. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa, you're flooding the market. (laughs) That's our gimmick. We worked hard on that. He gets sued by them for copyright infringement. So it's just a really (laughs) boring court case. Maybe that's what kicks it off. Maybe he was doing something horrific. Like, what happens if everyone in the city runs at 150 degree temperature for a day? And the League of Elemental Animals comes in, stops him, normal comic book ending. And he goes, hmm, animals, though. I can do a lot with animals. Like a lot, like forever. That seems to be. Yeah, that gets him on the animal kick for a bit. Can we go back to where he's in court, though? Because that's really funny. Do you have a lawyer superhero? Not yet. So, I mean... You said it was a really boring court case, but I imagine quite the opposite, where he is doing law experiments, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know how to translate that into anything concrete, but I I imagine him just sort of warping the fabric of reality so that laws don't make any sense anymore. Oh. Yeah. Let's come up real quick with the lawyer superhero. Is it more Matt Murdock type, lawyer by day, superhero by night, or... She-Hulk type, always a superhero, also just a lawyer. Or is it something new in between of 
I am the super lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I like that he has lawyer powers. Like law-specific powers. Yes. But not like, I feel like whenever someone does law-specific powers, it's always a judge, right? And someone oh, yeah. in long robes with maybe a hair, or they've got like scales. And I imagine him, no, he's just like wearing a suit with an attaché case and then like a Ninja Turtles mask around his eyes. <laughs> and that's it. Action attorney. Beefy barrister. <laughs> Battle barrister. Is there something with, I can't quite get it into a word, but lawyer warrior? Ooh. Like lawyer and law, law, law warrior? warrior. Uh, yeah. Law warrior. warrior. The end of warrior is Y-E-R. How does that work in your mouth when you say it? Law warrior. So what powers are law related? Uh, well, I mean, he's got, of course, the power of attorney, which is like his number one. <laughs> yeah. That's his number one gimmick. Uh, I, I would assume, uh, he has the ability to, he, maybe he's got some sort of two way mental communication, which is your lawyer client privilege. Mm. And so he can yeah. open up, open up mental channels to talk to people. Uh, let's see. I wish I was a lawyer and not a teacher. Yeah. I would know a lot more about law. Like, I'm trying to think of things he could do in the courtroom, but all of those things seem illegal. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he can make evidence appear in his hand for dramatic effect, but that also means he's stealing evidence. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. So, habeas corpus, right? So, that allows... it's. I'm going to read the definition I just looked up. A writ requiring a person under arrest to be brought before a judge or into court. So, maybe he can... He's like a reverse teleporter. He can't teleport, but he can teleport things to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he requires things to to appear before him. That's pretty good. Oh, binding contract. Ooh. Okay. If he does a handshake, it's like a mind control type thing. They have to be agreeing to it, but they cannot break it. Okay, okay. I like it. He's a prosecutor, right? He's got to be a prosecutor. I can't imagine he's a defense attorney. Mm, yeah. Maybe there's a second, like, uh, defendant defender. Oh, no. Is he, is, he, is he also a hero? And they help each other in the streets, but they're enemies in court. Yeah. I think it's only fair. Are these magic law powers or mutant-based law powers? Uh, I assume they're kind of magic. I, I imagine him... Uh, if you're getting law powers, that seems like something like a legacy type of thing that's passed down by the spirit of law itself. Yeah, there's like a lady justice that comes to yes. you and you... Uh, come into a pact with her okay so i think like the the, the thoroughfare is that amazing richard gets into conflict with the league of elemental animals mm -hmm. they they defeat him maybe like this is his first defeat and okay. straight up just arrest him for his crimes which is okay. crazy because he's a big purple alien scientist robot yeah. And then they take him, and he gets put on trial, and this is the trial of the Amazing Richard. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. And so you've, pro you've probably got, I mean, you know, there are people who are the, the actual League of Elemental Animals. They come up, and they have to testify. Um, he is, of course, Richard, doing all sorts of weird law experiments in the court. Like, underneath the the, the table, he's... He's doing experiments. I don't know how that works. And maybe even like people come to as character witnesses, like the giants from Oklahoma are like, no, nah, we like our lives now. This is great. He's a good dude. Yeah, this made our life better. They're the biggest yield. Do you know how much milk a giant cow makes? Yeah, all this wheat. <laughs> so much wheat. It's huge. 
We we've solved world hunger. Thanks. <laughs> but I like the idea of this being a summer blockbuster event, seven part mini series, and it is a law trial, and it's crossing over with everything. Oh, like all the other comic series at the same time. Yeah, it's doing it all. They come in to tell their stories. And so there's whole episodes that are just their stories about what they happen. Or maybe someone is just spending an entire issue watching it on television and getting angry. Just, ah, come on. Ah, throw the book at this guy. (laughs) Does he get off in the end? Does he win? Mm. Well, there isn't a rule that says he can't turn a whole town into chicken people. (laughs) (laughs) The air bud defense. Uh, Maybe he claims diplomatic immunity. Because space? Yeah. I can't be tried under these laws. Or any laws. (laughs) So... He time travels. He time travels on the last day of the court case because he realizes things are going badly. And he time travels back and makes himself the progenitor of a dynasty of a foreign kingdom. And now he just owns this whole kingdom. Oh. And then when he comes back, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 diplomatic immunity because I've definitely always been (laughs) the prince of Denmark. Yeah. And everyone else is aghast. I mean, it's 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 a it's a very bad time travel that affects time but no memories. And everyone <laughs> is very upset. Yeah, it's one of those weird loophole time travel. I mean, that that's what the experiment was. Can I make the the time travel right. that only affects facts and not anything else? It doesn't even have to be like a big thing, really. I think like he just goes back there and in 1600 AD gets a big purple painting made of him, put on a castle somewhere. Yeah, and put down and, in the official ledger. Yeah, and then he zips back. Yeah, I think that's a a fun anticlimactic climax. <laughs> <laughs> All of the heroes are extremely mad. They like he's walking angry. out of the courtroom, a free man, and just all of the heroes just. All of them glaring. His limo that has the little country flags that he's from there to pick him up. Yes. <laughs> oh, you 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 didn't you didn't know about all this. That's that makes sense. And then he reveals because I just made it happen four thousand years ago. What? And there's not a law against that. <laughs> and this spins off, of course, into our law heroes book, The Law Warrior, where he is having to he's trying to push for supervillain specific laws so that people like him like amazing richard don't get off scot-free yeah anymore he wants this to never happen again and maybe his ultimate goal is to try richard and have it stick which of course spins off into the trial of the amazing richard to double jeopardy wherein <laughs> he cannot be tried again for the same crime and it's it's half an issue yeah <laughs> Or he eventually becomes, he gets time travel, the lawyer, and goes back, and it's the trial of the second century. Oh, okay. And All he right. tries them in ancient court. So he catches him like as he's back there getting the painting made and yeah. getting all the documents signed in 6000 AD or whatever. And he's like, no, I've got you this time. It's me, the law warrior, and I'm going to take you down to... I don't know what how courts work, but in, in this era, but we're gonna do it anyway. And like he, oh man, what a boring comic book! I'm super excited <laughs> to read this. Yeah, no one reads Law Warrior, <laughs> but it's really but important feels- because Amazing Richard ends up in like a dungeon. 
Like he he has to lose the second time around. Oh yeah. Maybe there's an event that comes out of this that is like some paradox event. Everything is wrong because Richard changed this and somehow his experiment worked. But when Law Warrior went back and changed it, his time travel wasn't the same. So now there's all these paradox stuff happening in the current age and the eventual it's like a flashpoint type situation. The eventual thing is, I guess I got to just change it back. Yeah. Richard has to go free. Yeah. But it can give us crazy alternate paradox stuff. He makes a horrible alternate universe where I don't really know what, what else has changed. There's no giant ducks, though, so it's pretty garbage. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> just is evil or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so he gets off of these court cases, got free. He's he's kind of just he's 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 like the winningest supervillain of all time. Like the only th- time they really take him down is when they arrest him. But like, what's what's his eventual? Def- does he get defeated? Is he done so eventually, or is he just around forever? Yeah, I had uh, after the zombie city, he does get put into the mountain, a superhero prison which no one can break out of, and then he does. But I don't know if they try him for that after all of this. Maybe it's one of those, I'm just going to do this anyway. The zombie thing, he goes to the mountain, and he leads a prison break, because that seems like a pretty good story in and of itself. Oh, yeah. It could. He just blows the mountain wide open. It's the age of age of supervillains. And what does he do? Like, does he is he experimenting on these guys in jail? Hmm. Does he have a cool science prison gang? He's got to. Is he like trying to be? Oh, this is not just everyone breaks out. He's enhanced everyone's powers in a specific way. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good. He's like, this is a good challenge. Let me see if I can adapt some device to everyone's powers. And, and not just because he's evil, just because he, he likes to do science. Yeah. And so maybe he doesn't even make people always stronger necessarily. He just makes them different. Mm. So, like, who's someone who would be in the jail? Uh, Wrath was in the jail. I don't know. It's probably around this timeline. And so what are Wrath's abilities? I think he's just a big minotaur. We didn't get too far into his powers, but he's just yeah, a big red bull guy. So then he straps a jet to him. <laughs> like, he's now he's now got a jet, like, surgically implanted in his back, and he can charge at hyper speed. I like it. I like it. And just all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Like, I imagine someone with you know, vibration powers and now they can vibrate through wall through molecules and stuff. Yeah. I can put the trio I just made into the prison. They're flex, a strong one, twitch, a fast one, and relax, a stretchy one. Okay. Flex, twitch, and relax. Yep. So what if just giving a flex a weapon that flex doesn't use weapons because she's so strong. She just breaks every weapon and just uses her fist. But giving her, like, an unbreakable weapon, he figures that out. Man, he seems like supervillain Santa at this point. Yeah, <laughs> definitely in this in this mountain. <laughs> so he gives her just, you know, a, a mace, a morning star, or... I don't know, what do you have, what do you, what do you give, a, what weapon does a person like that need? A mace might work, maybe a hammer. A jet in her back. Just <laughs> a jet. A, ham- a hammer seems pretty on the nose. Yeah. Just big gauntlets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Going good. punching. Yeah. He cuts off her hands and replaces them with robot hands that she can fire as rocket punches. <laughs> okay. 
pretty good. Yeah. His experiments are not always very nice. Yeah, no, he's still got to be, like, villainous in his not caring about their personal preferences. Even to other villains. Yeah. You've got a stretchy guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you enhance him, per se, because stretchy powers seem pretty OP. Yeah, that is one thing when I was developing her for the series is, or for the story, was I think she can just kind of, like, it's a a relaxed stretchiness yeah, to form around things and then kind of pull yourself back together. There's, like, little control, but not as much when fully stretched out. Like, the further they stretch, the less control they have as a limit to their powers. So then, I mean, I mean, I guess the proper experiment there would be to just remove the limit, right? Yeah. And that's now terrifying they're, they're pulling forth, Yeah. They're pulling forth mass from some sort of mass dimension yeah. out of the hat. Yeah. <laughs> and now they can just expand ever outward. Uh, though, I would imagine they're, maybe their mind can't take it or something. So there's still a limit. They're not going to involve oh, the yeah. planet. But maybe it's like a dimension belt that just keeps creating this... Yeah. No limits to the stretch. Now, the fast one, I don't know how. So I think if you're going to enhance the speedster's powers, uh, because, again, speed is also pretty pretty overpowered, maybe just making them more durable. Yeah. Because really, that's that's your weakness, is slamming into a wall. Here's a suit of armor. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's straight from from Denmark. I got it from my ancestors. I've owned it for a long time. Also, you're the queen, it seems. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, how weird. <laughs> He's going down the line, handing out like, extra weapons and powers. Needs down to the speedster. Um, I don't know a knife. Was that is that good? <laughs> <laughs> just just do stuff with that. Yeah, you're real fast. You're good. Oh, I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> you could throw it really fast. <laughs> Some cool sneakers. <laughs> I got you these future pumps. <laughs> they make you jump higher. <laughs> Hyper Jordans from the year 3099. They make you so fast you can run on air. You know what? Just giving a speedster flight or something. Strap a jet on her back and there you go. There we go. (laughs) So this is obviously ushers in a terrible event of super, super powered villains. Yeah, and that's probably a line-wide crossover. Oh, yeah, that's definitely some event. Do we got a catchy name for it? Ooh, what if the mountain explodes? We just call it volcano. <laughs> I was gonna say landslide. Oh, that's pretty good. L- landslide is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think just landslide or eruption. Eruption. Like landslide is better. Yeah, unless all of the villains in there are fire based and they do rush out the top. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty cool too. Can't believe that we got the scientist guy in here to do the jailbreak. <laughs> during Firebase Villain Month, where we transfer all the Firebase <laughs> villains here. All all 150 of them, oddly enough. There are a lot of Firebase villains. Yeah. Well, I think just having fire powers makes you a liability. Well, ever since he, the Amazing Richard went, what if I turn this city into fire? That's true. Which, which like, he did that experiment twice. The first one was bad because it was just committing arson. <laughs> what happens if fire... My hypothesis is burn, but... I guess we'll have to test it. In that supervillain event, like, it's not even really... I mean, I guess Amazing Richard is the cause of it, right? Yeah. 
But they're not, they're not out to stop him. They're just kind of out to... The heroes are out to stop the flood of villains. Oh, and yeah, no. I think he just kind of wanders off and starts his robot thing. Because I think this is... Yeah, he, just, he just sticks away. Yeah. All the heroes keep trying to fight each individual group of superheroes or supervillains. And they keep trying to go back in time and fix things, thinking it's like all this different stuff. And they finally figure out, oh, it's Law Warrior this whole time. His one time change messed all of this up. <laughs> We have to go Let's take him kill back. Law Warrior. <laughs> Maybe Law Warrior gets corrupted by the entire event, and his change ends up in a world where he is a tyrant, and it's called Rule of Law. Oh. oh. And there's just an alternate dimension where he's God King of the world. Law, there it is. Law Warlord. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've almost given Law Warrior and Amazing Richard equal time this episode. Oh, yeah. No, this is... This is definitely a Law Warriors episode. <laughs> is there anything we can expand on the zombie city? Okay. So this was right before, I guess right before Landslide event. Is he just the cause of most mega events in this world? I mean, he's certainly a catalyst for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he gets two big ones in a row, but the, the Landslide is not really... Like, it's caused by him, but he's not behind it, whereas the zombie city yeah. is, like he's in charge of it right yeah like they they can track down like who did this but as far as the landslide thing is it doesn't really matter we've got more important things to worry about where zombie city ah, they can probably take out some zombies that's easy yeah and perhaps uh a good so i wanted the zombie city to just not have a good solution so they kind of fence it off but i wonder if while the machine is still going off that starts this some heroes come in to try to stop it at the beginning before the machine is off and we've got some zombie heroes and that's the that's a big part of the event is also stopping them so is is it a reversible process that's what i'm wondering if these if the city is still around it seems not reversible so maybe these are just casualty heroes except with his new power of being able to put your essence back into a body. Thank you. There it is. I was just thinking that. Oh. I mean. So this new technology. Like, that's, that, that's, a, that's a way out of literally any hero death. He's developed the cure to the problem, but he just didn't care enough to go back to fix it. Yeah. Right. But once the heroes get a hold of his technology, they could use it. Reverse the zombie city. Yeah. Then we can take who, our friends who are turned into zombies and, and put them in new bodies. I guess. I don't know where they get those. Yeah. I don't know about that part. Yeah, Brian decided to, you know, volunteer. He doesn't want to be Brian anymore. He <laughs> wants to be, you know, a, a superhero. So there it is. That could be a whole thing where they're like, we've got the super body, but we need to find the right soul to put into it. So they're doing like tryouts secretly and scoping you know, people pure of heart out for it. You, would you like to be a superhero? <laughs> it does involve your personality being supplanted by someone else's. Oh, but that'd make a nice Shazam character. Like he controls the body part time or something like that. Mm. Okay, so like if if he takes the essence mover, right, and he puts person A into person B, person B is also has an essence inside. So then you've got two people sharing one body. Okay, what about this? They don't know how to work the machine once they get a hold of it. They take these heroes and they're gonna start putting them into. I don't know, volunteers or whatever, or maybe it's darker, which is weird. But 
they get these volunteers and they accidentally put all the heroes in one body. Oh, and, okay. and it's okay. like super Shazam of all of these heroes cohabitating one body. And I guess each each personality that takes over the body adapts to that or something like when you transfer someone's essence do their powers come with them. I mean, I think so. Just for the cool factor in this part. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It's some kind of like biomorphical yeah, field. Yeah, we can retrofit the device to <laughs> serve this need. That makes sense. I buy that. But then maybe after that, it it breaks or something. And so now you've got this one chimera going around, full of powers, but also personalities. Yeah. And once again, Amazing Richard has created a device that has created a superhero that may again be his undoing someday. Yeah. But then it also breaks so that yeah. we don't have this super powerful device and can't undo that. I mean, is it even weirder? Do they line up to, like, do the whole city? And it's not just heroes in this, but a whole city of people. In, Everyone uh, who was transformed into a zombie? Yeah, in one person. Okay, okay. I mean, that's your hook for the book, too, right? Yeah. You've got... He's got all of these problems to solve because, like, n- like I'm Brian. I volunteered. And now I've got all these personalities in me, but uh, Jenny, she had some unfinished business and I got to go take care of it because oh, also yeah. I'm Jenny. That's real good. But then also I'm like, you know, the laser blaster and I'm in <laughs> that too. And so. So they go around just solving different problems that people in the city had. They come up with a timeshare solution of we'll address everyone's grievances. We got a while and also fight crime. Of course. And that doesn't get rid of the zombie city either, which is quarantined and horrifying to behold. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could just burn it down or whatever, because oh, yeah. now they've been all copied into Brian, but it uh, seems yeah. pretty inhumane. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think the name of this multi-person is? There's like, you mentioned Chimera, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, amalgamation is another good word. Amalgam. We have an amalgam. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh. Was that the Quake villain? Yeah, the Quake villain that steals a bunch of relics from different tombs and sites. Maybe the multi-superhero fights over what to name themselves. <laughs> so every issue, they're calling themselves something different. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just has different names depending on his powers. Yeah. yeah. And he just takes the name of the actual person that is in charge at the time. I mean, is our main character in that book the guy who gave up his body? Because he's, he's still there. Yeah. It's still his body. Yeah, possibly. Like, he can assert control over them. Yeah. And kind of take position. But everyone else has to kind of cede to him. So he's like a, a one-man sort of army or group. Yeah. Squadron. Did you say this out loud, Daniel? What's up? The hero of a thousand faces. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joseph Campbell. It's down there for, for later use. That's pretty good. So I like the literal Joseph Campbell metaphor there. Yeah. Do we want to, like, what are some of the, someone mentioned laser blast? I, yeah, I imagine, like, <laughs> the hero, the heroes who died in the zombie city were just the most generic. Like, oh no, we went to fight the zombie city and we lost Fireface. Aw, beans. Yep. Like, what do we do? Aw, beans, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We lost Beano. We lost Fireface. We lost, you know. Laser blast. Uh, laser blast. Okay. La- laser blaster, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Who, he took he took four seconds to think of a superhero name and was off. He's the amplify the guy that could just talk really loud. One thing we don't have beyond his gadgetariness 
Does he have any other powers? Do we want to lay out there? I mean, he's a robot, right? So he's got robot abilities. Yeah, he's a robot now. So yeah, now he's got. He could probably have whatever in there, like a laser, laser gun, finger gun. His leg can turn into a chainsaw. I mean, he seems pretty immortal. That's a pretty good ability. Yeah. Before a punch from Amy Dangerous would knock him out, and now he can take that. I mean, he doesn't really seem like much of a an up close fighter in general, anyway. Since he seems to be more of a schemer oh, and yeah. planner. Yeah. And so, like, he doesn't really need to have a whole lot of powers, even though he no. can develop them at a whim. Yeah. Right. Because with super science, you can have any power you want. Yeah. If he yeah. if he needs to freeze someone, he can make a freeze ray. And he will. Yeah. And sometimes he just does just to quiet his hands. It's like a fidget spinner. I'm just, oh, I made another freeze ray. <laughs> but I don't need this. I think <laughs> I'll throw this in the middle of Harlem and yeah. see what happens. He has just a bookcase full of doomsday devices, and he just picks up and puts it next to the others. I just wanted to see if I could make a thing that would tear everything, every atom apart on the world. I want to use that. <laughs> like, what am I ever going to do with this gun that poisons all the food in the world? I don't know, but I'm glad I made it. <laughs> Science is great. <laughs> is there an event where it seems like the events are Amazing Richard adjacent, but one where some people get into his doomsday cabinet i mean that seems pretty good so it's just like a team of like really low level villains oh yeah that get into there yeah maybe it's not uh the doomsday cabinet but their whole thing is devices they stole from the amazing richards collection like they were a bunch of like burglars and bank robbers yeah. who they were like, I know where I can get a big score. This castle in Denmark. <laughs> and they go there and they find, oh, what is this? Oh, this is the particle accelerator beam. Well, I'm going to use this to knock over a convenience store. Yeah. But maybe uh, maybe this is him. Like, he doesn't like that. Like, hey, that's that's my stuff. So he's fighting these villains just out of pure, like, that's not mine. You're using it wrong. <laughs> You're using it wrong. Let me show you how to use it. <laughs> Could they eventually come under his wing and he's got this gang of... Okay, I like that. ...technology criminals. Oh, so we have the gadget villain, Asmo. What if maybe that's their origin? Is part of this group? Yeah. And maybe he he splits off instead of becoming a, a minion. Yeah. Um. All we really had for Asmo so far was that there was something weird. Cause it's like two people joined together. Mm-hmm. but otherwise they're just gadgets i mean was it two people like definitely yeah. two people because then they could have tripped something weird in the while they were looking through devices like is he joined together like like they've been yeah. merged it's like two people's faces back to back and they just merged them together to make one person because oh, i thought maybe it was just two people in like a really big power <laughs> suit oh no <laughs> Who like like two people wearing a fun giant sweater, but it's a it's a mech suit and they're back to back. Now that that would be fun. Like they're controlling one half of the robot each. Yeah, they're it's a very tiny Pacific Rim. Maybe that's maybe that's what he does. Maybe that's once he sees all these guys steal all his gimmicks, and Amazing Richard is like, no, no, no. Listen, you guys are not only doing this wrong. You've got these powerful tools. You you could be gods. <laughs> And he reshapes them. Yeah. And not and not because he wants to conquer. He just no. wants to wants to wants to help. Yeah. It's a it's another challenge for him. And he comes up with their whole shtick too. 
and that's another challenge. He's not usually into public relations, creative consultancy type thing, but he takes it as a challenge of, you know what, I think I could do this if I put my mind to it. You know, I've never really sewn a costume before, but I bet I could. Yeah. I bet I could. <laughs> get some graphic design, get you guys logos. I found this course on Linda, and I should be proficient by tomorrow. <laughs> There's a big montage of him just <laughs> helping them try on supervillain outfits. And, he, and he's just kind of sitting back in a chair in his robot body going, no, 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 that's not going to, no. Yeah. But then they come out Please. the last time, and he gives the big thumbs up, like, that's yes. the one. <laughs> <laughs> that, where your bodies are merged and your faces are on the other side of one another, that's, yes, you got we it. We tried it out a bit where it was just two heads side by side. Not really... I wasn't really interested in that one. But the merged head with the double faces? Mm, mm. Chef kiss. Very good. <laughs> they tried four heads at one point. Too much. Too much. Oh, oh, <laughs> back to, too many heads. Back to two. Two heads are better than one, but four? Uh, you're pushing it's it. A bit too much. You're pushing it. You can see every direction, but ah. So now he's got a gang, suddenly. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe he can employ them if he needs a certain material or something and doesn't feel like going to get it. For sure, yeah. These could be the terrible dicks. <laughs> the amazing Richard and his terrible dicks. Do you, do you think if you were a classy bank robber who stumbled upon a doomsday gun and then some guy reshaped your body, you would be okay with joining the terrible dicks? <laughs> like, is is that where you wanted your life to go? Hey, Mom, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I, I took a job with a guy. Yeah, no, it's going well. Uh, what am I doing? Oh, I'm a terrible dick now. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think there's a lot of soul searching and a lot of like staring off into the ocean montage. Oh, for sure, yeah. For that choice, there there are some powerful moments with the terrible dicks, <laughs> which is weird because they're called the terrible dicks. But yeah, it is. It it is just pathos all the way through. So, I want to go back to he puts people in animals, and what if there's a gang of giant ducks? That he just puts Aegis into. And it's just Aegis but ducks. Okay, okay. Not different animals, it's just Aegis but giant ducks. I mean, I like I like the idea just because uh giant ducks are a fun image. Yeah. Um you can talk about how, you know, they have mild mallard secret identities. <laughs> oh um you can, I mean, I, I I don't know what else ducks do. I, they're horrible sexual reproduction, but I don't think they should be brought inside of the book. No. <laughs> and I mean, and I mean, these are just copies of the heroes too, so they're not trapped in the ducks. Yeah, no. These are ducks who have been given heroic personalities. They're just a second duck-shaped version. And they've, uh, and we've actually established that the copy copying process gives them the powers too. So yeah. I think the ducks can't last beyond. The initial story, though, otherwise you've got yeah, no. double the super team. Maybe they uh, they find a way to go to a dimension of just ducks where they're happier. That's that's the most adorable possible <laughs> ending that could, that could happen. The end of that comic is the amazing Richard looking on, and he's got a copy of all the villains, too, that he's made into ducks. It's just him looking on, seeing them find the duck dimension, and he's got a tear in his eye, and he's just like, "Ah, oh, this is this is exactly what I wanted." It's like these duck heroes are gonna get bored if I don't give them duck villains to fight. <laughs> okay, uh, do you guys wanna? Do you guys have any ideas for comic covers? I think the ducked up episode for sure. Probably one with him and his super team 
which I'm not sure we should call the terrible dicks, but yeah, we could workshop the name more, <laughs> but <laughs> but like super team him standing behind them as they all have their powers displayed. I like uh, the the cover of Law Warrior number twenty five, of course, where you've got terrible or amazing Richard standing in the middle with handcuffs on, where Law Warrior and the other defense guy whose name we didn't come up with, I don't think. Was it some? I think we defended defender. I think we said like, yeah. <laughs> and they're just yelling at each other, but he's smiling. Amazing, Richard knows this is going to go his <laughs> way. Has he? Is it one of those? Going back to that event, is it one of those? Not he comes up with it at the last moment. He's had this ace in his back pocket the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He's just been waiting to get arrested and put in court. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's always looking at the different variables, you know. He knows eventually this might happen. Yeah, he's a good contingency man, like Justice League Batman. I imagine, okay, so there's a cover. And does it? do the covers have to feature him? Uh, they don't have to. I just imagine, so whatever issue the giant farmland <laughs> happens in, it's the painting American Gothic. Except the old farm couple is towering mm. over the heroes. That's real good. They were at the bottom just staring up. That's real good. I like that. What if at some point the, there's a an event where Aegis needs some very specific duck-related help? <laughs> and they have to open back up that portal and summon the, the duck Aegis, Aegis back. And, Return to the duckverse. Yeah, and it's just called D2. <laughs> mother duckers <laughs> i mean there's probably an you know may- maybe the original issue is where he tries to make them fight the ducks and so it's it's the amazing richard and he's got a chessboard with aegis chess pieces and on the other side is just a bunch of duck chess pieces <laughs> the reader doesn't know what's going to happen that's very good <laughs> but it just looks like heroes versus ducks is his plan and that's completely ludicrous thinking back to the landslide event we know right. the origins of it, but we mentioned the heroes not knowing the origins of it. But I think it should also be the readers not knowing the origins of it. And that's like a seventh issue reveal of actually it was just the amazing Richard messing around. Yeah, strapping jets to people yeah. like a jerk. And I mean, like they don't go hunt him or anything. They can't. He's long gone. Yeah, but it's just one of those. Oh, putting the pieces together after the aftermath kind of deal. Yeah, of course it was amazing, Richard. Oh, but we definitely need a cover of the uh, the mountain exploding. Oh, yeah, that's one of the... Yeah, for sure. There's villains filing out of it. Yeah. Fire villains erupting out of the top. Uh, it's one of, those, one of those large promotional posters, and everyone goes up to it and tries to identify all of the villains they can <laughs> in the image. I imagine the return to the Duckverse <laughs> maybe reveals a big plot point, which is that the the universe that he sent the Duck heroes and villains to to live in is the same universe that the Hat goes to, oh. and this gets us the return of the original Amazing Richard. Oh, he returns with the Ducks now that he's the, the he's got Cyber Doves and. And this is his entire Armada space fleet. I thought you were going in a different direction of they realize that the duck universe is basically our universe but ducks. And there was an amazing Richard Duck in there. 
and he was doing an experiment okay, okay. that made a whole uh, human version of <laughs> the duck aegis, and now we've got two human aegis. Oh. <laughs> you know, like, multiverse theory kind of stands to reason that that would work Yeah, that's out one that of way, them. Huh? And then they can just cross over, and then you've got two pairs of just human heroes, and two pairs of duck heroes, I yeah. guess. So that's where the hat goes, is this duck universe? Like, the duck universe is, is not the duck universe. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's the Hatverse, and he sent the ducks there. Okay. But he sent that to Hat Earth, Earth Hat. And, you know, the ducks repopulated it. Hmm. I mean, they're giant ducks. They can probably, you know, take over the Earth pretty easy. Yeah. I also like the idea of it not being, if it's the Hatverse, not being... A world, per se, but, like, a plane of existence okay. that they have, they can have this duck colony in, and it's just a part of this hat world now. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. And somewhere in there is... Like, like it keeps getting called the Hatverse or the duck world, but I don't think, like, yeah. it's just an alternate world. I don't think it has either of those things as themes yeah, related no. to it. <laughs> We've opened a portal to the Hatverse. It's not full of hats, though, <laughs> which is weird. That's just the only way to get there. Yeah, it's it's a major way. People use the hat a lot. It's really strange. Have you ever seen someone put on a hat and they just disappear into it? They accidentally <laughs> opened the Hatverse. But I thought it was the duck universe. <laughs> Same difference, guy. Come on. Why aren't all these ducks here? <laughs> I just put on a hat. You were in duck universe. I was looking in wardrobe world. I'm so <laughs> off. <laughs> I think we have to have one where he's switching bodies. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, I, I am imagining, I, I guess the robot thing is pretty recent. And so the cover I'm thinking of is kind of silver agey, but just like where you've got, you know, amazing Richard in the front, the, the fleshy one, and then a silhouette of the robot in the back. Mm. And you don't know, Oh, what is going to happen? Who's he facing off against? Oh, he's just putting himself on a robot. Okay. Yeah. I imagined one of those misleading comic book covers. Where it's him and the robot one fighting, but that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, amazing Richard for the secret of immortality. <laughs> There's definitely one of him in like a dungeon on Law yeah. Warrior's thing of Law Warrior finally oh, conquered. And, and, and the, the second trial. Yeah, the trial of the second century. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second trial of the century is when Law Warrior, or I guess Law Warlord at this point, is able to bring the amazing Richard over into his own evil tyrannical universe and try him in a kangaroo court type situation. But the the actual law warrior has to go there and play defendant. Oh, because law warlord is super evil. Yeah. And he's rigged all the courts. He's just made the laws. Ugh. Law warrior and defendant defender have to team up with this issue. Yes. In the courtroom mm -hmm. to save the amazing Richard, which is like, why are they doing this? Yeah. Because it's just not right. Yeah, they're lawful. That seems like a series-ending event. Yeah, Law Warrior probably dies. It's probably fine that Law Warrior dies at the end because <laughs> there was only so much you could do with him. It was a very niche market for people looking for superhero lawyers in that way. Yeah, who are specifically law-focused and there's a lot of courtroom drama. Uh, it's a lot of talking. Not much fighting at the end of the day. Yeah. No, he can. He definitely can. He's really good at it. Yeah, he's got super strength, flight, and all that. <laughs> There's a uh, reboot that's softer that comes later, and it's really popular, like the uh, Hanna-Barbera reboots that we were talking about. 
So was so well. The Hanna Barbera reboots are ridiculous, though. Yeah, no, they're gotta, insane. I'm imagining it almost like the uh, they did the the Hanna Barbera reboots did a Snagglepuss. Oh thing. yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's really serious, but it's really good too. And uh, I'm imagining just like the uh, the ennui of Law Warrior. What is it like <laughs> to live as a lawyer, but also a warrior? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what if at the end of the thing, we mentioned him dying, he has to, like, obviously Law Warlord and Law Warrior cannot touch, otherwise they cancel each other out through time stuff, but he sacrifices himself in that manner so everyone else can escape. Okay, okay. But actually, he comes back into the world without the superheroes, and he spent some time alone. And this gritty reboot is after all that time. He's got the powers again, but now he's like struggling between the two. You might say he threw himself on the court. Yeah. There <laughs> the it is. The mercy of the court. <laughs> but there is no mercy in this court. Everyone escape. Leave me here behind. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, Richard's just out. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Yeah. We've got a lot of stuff to work with. Some of it obviously belongs in the Silver Age goofiness. Yeah, we had a lot of events come out of this. Yeah. He seems to be kind of an event-focused villain. Mm -hmm. And we still don't know the real Richard. The deep down Richard. Yeah. I think that's (laughs) fine. (laughs) Yeah, no. That's That's good for the character. I also wondered just for continuity-wise, maybe the, the putting people into animals and the cloning their essence are different things maybe he perfected an animal one earlier Mm. just so he can have more room with those adventures but that's just like a continuity thing but yeah i think we're good we've made an episode with a guest now (laughs) i'm glad to have been a part of this experiment just as we talked about many other experiments on the show (laughs) yeah it was great to have you very experimental episode glad to be here thanks for having me well definitely have to have you back on if we do like the landslide event in detail for sure yeah or, or anything yeah. related to ducks i'm here for <laughs> and i don't think we need to do a law warrior episode i think we got that covered <laughs> yeah i think i think we've got his entire career honestly which is really crazy but do you want to plug your stuff oh yeah sure i i suppose i could do that <laughs> so uh uh i have a weekly podcast called stuff weekly um which you can find on itunes we do some weird news stuff you can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash YNINpod, or I think you can actually do it like C slash Cartridge Blowers. Mm. It's a show called Cartridge Blowers where we uh, play video games based around a theme and uh, a comic book podcast called Event Fatigue that where we look at various comic book events in and out of context, uh, like it's in a book club sort of format. So that that's what I, that's where I'm from. And now I'm here and I'm I'm glad to be here. Sweet. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys. Glad glad to give some life to uh, the amazing Dick. <laughs> he was a little bit of a limp character before. Mm. There it is. But now we now I feel like we've got a we got a pretty hard read on him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Veins. You can find me at Guare on Twitter and Guare.itch.io. Io. Our thumbnail art is done by Lisa Prather. You can find her at lisapratherart.com or Lisa Prather Art on Instagram. You can email us, doubleissueshow at gmail.com. We got a Twitter at doubleissueshow. Website, doubleissue.show. 
WordPress is doubleissueshow.wordpress.com. And Facebook, facebook.com slash doubleissue. Then next week, we're going to try to cash in on that sweet, sweet Avengers movie hype with The Prompt War. Yeah. So join us for that. To find out what it's good for. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> One more thing, the opening song was Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonic Orchestra. That song was used under its Creative Commons license and shortened for use in the podcast. You can find that song by going to Free Music Archive or following the link in the show notes. Now, here's one last thing. I like that we've come up with an origin that doesn't at all explain the origins (laughs) because it keeps him mysterious. So we've hit two birds with one stone. Two cyber Two cyber, cyber doves. <laughs> <laughs>